0: This week on The Roommate Podcast.
1: Everyone is a protagonist of their own film. Everyone thinks that they are Mufasa. Nobody looks in the mirror and is like, oh, I'm kind of scar and I've been scarred before to somebody else. And this girl's amazing. Well, <laughs> especially too when you are when you have been scarred by somebody. You know, I'm making the Disney reference. I'm not saying scarred. I but love this.
2: Well, when you My, have been scarred movie.
1: by somebody, how that internalizes in you and the behavior that you have, and now you turn around and you start treating somebody else based on that other third party. And it's like now you're that person's scar. So I think we have a, such an easy time identifying other people's toxic behaviors and toxic traits, but we're not really recognizing how we are now internalizing those and treating others that exact same way. So I think it, it is important to press the pause button to be like, why do I behave this way? Why do I think this way? And not only how is this hurting me, but how am I hurting others?
2: Yo, what's good, world? I'm famous to start the show, baby. Yes, we are back. We are back. And we are in a very, very lovely home, Chris. I love it, man. I like, I like looking outside, seeing the, the hills. Yeah, like the, the scenery, sunset coming in. I feel so rich. <laughs> <laughs> so bougie. <gasps> so successful. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And the newest roommate I am very, very excited for. So I let's go ahead. I is that
1: how that works? You guys now live here?
2: Basically. Yeah. That's that what is. it is? Yeah. <laughs> that was
0: not a part so of the
1: arrangement. We
2: moved in. We moved in. We'll bring you on. We'll bring you on in, <laughs> in due time. <laughs> <I> they <think laughs> get so excited, <laughs> Please, guys, welcome to the show, the one, the only, Shan Booty. You did it! Yes, I was uh, trying to pronounce her last name, and she. after one failed attempt, you told me not to do booty. Just it anymore. do booty. You can't get it
1: wrong. You're going to do great.
0: Everybody likes booty.
1: Yeah, everybody <laughs> likes booty. Easy to remember.
2: Yes, yes. So, Shan, thank you so much for joining the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. As I was said, you guys have been on my explore page for a while. So I don't know how this happened, but I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you for picking me.
2: So awesome. So I got awesome.
1: chose. It's really good. <laughs> God chose you
0: choose me. got chose out here. You choose the best.
1: Yeah.
0: Douglas, <laughs> you're welcome.
2: Uh. Yeah. So, quick question Is that you in the picture? In the middle? Yeah.
1: No, I'm one of the adults.
2: No, not in the middle, Jordan. Oh. Which, which, which middle?
1: The middle of the you're talking about the one with the feathers.
2: The, the feathers, picture. yeah, yes. that's what I'm talking about. Yes, you said the girl in the middle is a, she's four years old. No, yeah. I said she's one. <laughs> what only do you think? Outside? I had
1: SLR qual, SLR quality <laughs> pictures <laughs> back in my day? So well, no. is that
2: your twin sister?
1: No, it's my li, my sister, regular sister. Okay, but yeah, y'all
2: look exactly the same. Yes, right there. yeah, oh, really. She's a better
1: person than me, but my sister's an incredible human a being. A better person. She really is. You, she's, how? She she looks just like you. She looks like me. Um, so my. Dad is Indian and my mom is half black half white, mm. so I think I look half black half white, and my yeah. sister looks a bit more Indian, mm. but similar. You know, you still we still look like siblings.
0: Okay. Mm. Yeah. I like, How she How's she
2: doing in life?
0: Oh, she's doing great. Okay. <laughs> she
1: married. She has two oh, kids. Okay. She's got a house with a pool.
2: In case Mary, well, let's get back yeah. to the show. <laughs> saying, yeah. once,
0: once, we, once we heard marriage? Who was done? don't <laughs> hey, worry thing. about the kids. They worry about the profession. I'm all... yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lord, Lord Forg- Forg- forgive <laughs> oh, us. Uh, but uh,
2: for- <laughs> she's just looking like, all right, get it out, <laughs> um, let it but- out, let it
1: out. It's like a good cry.
2: So, for the people who don't know who you are, can you give them a bit of a elevator pitch, synopsis about who you are, what you do, and all that good jazz?
1: Yeah, I um, am a sex and relationship educator. I've been in the space now for about thirteen years. My second book just came out, which is called The Game of Desire. My first book was ten years ago, two thousand nine. Wow. It was called Laid. And I essentially look for ways to make this conversation more accessible. And um, the average person should be engaged in this. So I refer to myself as the Walmart greeter of intimacy.
2: Mm, What do you mean by that?
1: It means like I may not necessarily be in aisle 12, like butt plugs. Like I know everything about. There's some sex experts who are very specific. Like we're tantric sex experts or I really speak to polyamory. Whereas in for me, I try to invite the average person who's never thought to themselves, hey, how can learning about this area of my life elevate every facet of who I am? So I am not the sex expert, sex expert. I think I am the person who's trying to get people into the space, excited and into aisle 12 if they so do. Please. No, yeah, no, but I no, would no. not be the one who's guiding you between the different sizes of pegging.
0: What? What? <laughs> <laughs> we're not really not we're, we're not doing it. We're
1: not doing it. We're not
0: doing it. I'm sorry. Okay. I personally can't do it.
2: All I'm, right, so But what? we're
1: here. So you're interested. You know what I mean? Now oh. you know the aisle exists. No, Chris no,
2: is interested. No, you're interested. No, Chris is curious That's my job. That's, okay. my job. That's my job. Alright, so for the, we're children. <laughs> so the new book, can you uh Chris? He's an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so for the new book, can you give us a bit of an understanding of why you decided to write that book and what it's about?
1: Are you guys familiar with uh, Pickup Artistry?
2: I'm mm-hmm. deep in that world. Okay. Yeah. Fees is like, you know, he got a degree. So you know? as
1: much as Pickup Artistry, I think, uh, has not the best end result intentions. I think it's shifted over time. But... I think, I mean, in the sense, pickup artistry is teaching men how to sleep with as many women as possible. That, I think, is like the, also the, the media peg of what pickup artistry is. And, of course, there's been some really not-so-great members of the community who have gone on and really put a stain on the practice. But what I like about it is it's literally school for men who are like, I can't figure this out is a really big part of my life. And yet I have a good job and I've done the school thing. I have my own place, but I am so inept when it comes to making romantic connections. Help me. And not just like in an arbitrary way, I need a step-by-step guide. So this book in many ways is like a female step-by-step guide to becoming the kind of person that you want to date and understanding how to go out there and create connections at will and being the driver's seat of your own love life. But a lot of it draws from pickup artistry, from psychology, from Robert green um it's an, an accumulation of all the things i've learned about seduction influence and flirting and put into a book in which i actually worked with six women and tried to teach them and impart them so they can go out there and become masterful seducers
0: seducers
1: seducers
0: mm-hmm. can you explain how how does a woman become a
2: man
1: you know seducer about it what's a seducer so Uh-oh.
2: i and um, for my understanding of as
1: it. as a pickup artistry aficionado, I think this—you got this.
2: So a seducer is somebody who has the ability to, ability to attract and to entice somebody of the opposite sex. I think one of the biggest challenges for a lot of people who do get a, who are interested in pickup is that they struggle with even attracting somebody for creating sexual relationships in re, and not just in regards to just having sex, but in regards to. Letting somebody know that this is, isn't just platonic, right? Like the key thing of not being stuck in the friend zone. So a seducer is, like I said, somebody who can be able to escalate um, relationships with the opposite gender and make it sexual in an efficient manner. Is that good enough?
1: I would say yes, but I think that it's a very narrow term. Okay, I think seduction ahead. just literally is the ability to draw people in and yeah. have them wanting to come back. I think you seduce in meetings. Yeah. I think you seduce... Uh, in family occasions, like yeah. to get some, it's essentially influence, right? Yeah. But it's a pleasurable form of influence where somebody enjoys the exchange and, and wants to come back. And so to the power to draw people in, like I refer to Oprah as being an incredible seducer. I don't think that her goal is to get every middle American woman like wet for her. I think <laughs> that she's okay. more so about yeah. like see something in me, want to be a part of my magic and want to keep coming back for more. Like that hypnotic um, energy that makes people so drawn to you, that to me is a masterful seducer.
2: No, that's good. And I definitely agree with that. I guess when you ask, that's why I asked you in regards to what, field, because I do think, I'm curious to your thoughts on this, I do think people might be good at seducing, like there may be a guy who's an expert salesman who can go, to, like, like you simply told, there's women who are experts in certain fields who can go into these boardrooms, who can make these sales, guys who can make these sales, but then when it comes to the opposite gender, they don't have the ability to turn the interaction sexual, and, and by sexual, I don't mean intercourse, I just or just mean, like that little, yeah, yeah, that spark, that, that fire, little exactly, mm. and so that's why I, I think, in regards to like in the pickup artistry community, you you see so many high performing males, and like you talk about high performing females who struggle with creating those type of interactions with the opposite gender.
1: Yes yeah i agree but i think that, that that's like again you put it yeah. perfectly it's a facet of seduction because
2: did you read the book the art of seduction yes yes B- <laughs> of course who are you talking
1: to my favorite i have the laws of human nature uh there that's his new book that came out yeah. oh my gosh it's the best book i've ever read in my entire life oh really incredible number yeah. two is number two oh man I, I love jody pico she's a fiction writer but the second best like it depends for sex, I think she comes first or come as you are for relationships, the science of happily ever after mm. or the social animal probably is up there as well too. I like books on the why, but yeah, laws of human nature is like this is the this is how people work, yeah, and when you know how people work, you know how to work with them
2: mm. but <laughs> no, so I think the first thing that I'm really curious about is your own personal story, and you talked a little bit about it, you know in the past, but I think for me. I think our stories, I'm not sure how similar they are, but I got into pickup because, not like got into pickup, but I started studying it heavily because like I realized that like in Hitch, have you seen, yeah, yeah yes. I've seen Hitch. I felt like Hitch at the beginning of the movie, you know, I just had no gal, no game. Like I just didn't understand, like, how to talk and communicate and so that's what really got me curious into it not just for sex but just for actually building genuine relationships so i'm curious to you can you teach us
1: one pickup artist technique
2: um give me like (laughs) what situation
1: like i've heard of some before where it's like i i don't know if nlp is it but essentially if you can associate an action with a feeling for somebody and so there was this pickup artist, I believe, who with a waitress associated the feeling of like having her stomach tickle whenever he raised his hand. Mm. So he would raise his hand and then when she would see it, she would like laugh and do that. Mm. And like it just, it created this bond between them. So
2: Yeah, so I think there's like, it gets really deep and I'm not super, super deep. I'm just like surface level-ish with it. But one thing I would say is that, in, like for, for guys, for example, in regards to commu- like communication, so like if I'm talking to you and I'm leaning forward, like that now invades your personal space, and that makes you feel like I'm desiring after you. So that creates the sexual dynamic of I am the cat and you are the mouse. So a lot of times when you put somebody in that sexual dynamic, then they tend to lean back and then to push away. So like what you realize about like the cool guys or the like the chill guys, you know they they will <laughs> lean back, right? and then they will force an individual to come to them mm. to break into their personal space and then you not knowing psychologically by you leaning into somebody else and breaking into their personal space you're kind of asking them to validate you yeah. you're asking them to affirm you and so therefore it puts you in a more um power position to say the least so that's one example of a move of pickup but
1: yes yeah. i think i think pickup artistry is so fascinating yeah. from that standpoint right it's just really like The thing about it is people don't like to think of themselves as easily manipulated or controlled. Manipulated is the wrong word because manipulated is influenced. And sometimes you can be influenced into making a good decision. But marketing is a multi-billion dollar industry for a reason. It is the... organization and assessment of how humans behave and then practicing that into consumer habits that a company can profit off of. And so pickup artistry is marketing for, for humans who want to date. The problem, I think, with pickup artistry, I think this has actually changed now, though. It's a lot like putting whipped cream on shit. Yeah, you know, like you're not working on yourself. At the exactly. core of it all, if you're not sure why you're valuable, what you have to offer, what makes you somebody who's interesting or awesome to connect with, but you know how to make people think you're great, yeah. you're just drawing somebody into somebody who doesn't even
2: like themselves. Man, the gosh, the best book I read was the first book I read for Pickup Artistry, and I forgot the book's name. And basically, the author described exactly what you talked about. He said the number one problem with pickup is, one, the destination. If you're just trying to use women for sex, that's manipulative, and that's wrong, especially if you don't communicate that initially. But what he was saying was you 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 use these techniques to portray someone that you're not. Yeah. So these people don't end up with long-term relationships because if you're a certain kind of guy and you're portraying like you're this, you know, freaking Christian Grey type of guy and then she realizes in due time when you take off the mask you're not she's gonna leave you yeah so one of his things was like how to attract women by being the best version of yourself which you're describing and you talk about you gotta def-
1: work on you first exactly that's the thing is exactly. like you gotta be the person who wants to date you gotta understand yourself you gotta be in charge of changing your own shit and then you can pick up the techniques and tricks and etc mm-hmm. like a marketing company exactly they shouldn't come on brand with like oh this company is toxic and not FDA approved but we're still gonna market it out there mm-hmm. Like, no, you get the approvals first. You make sure your product is good and competitive. And then you hire a marketing team to say, we've done this great thing. We did the work. Now, like, make it shine and make it appealing to other
2: people. Yeah, Uh, I think of it like, I remember I was talking to somebody about it. It's product and placement. Like you said, placement is a marketing, is a techniques, right? But product is who you are as individual. And it's product- placement and so you can say something no, no okay no. how did you yeah get to where you are
1: i um was always very sexually precocious i like some kids are just naturally okay, interested in the piano with, okay you know you, you yeah. know it's like a child prodigy yeah. who's like drawing at five years yeah. old i just feel like i was very fascinated by the human body and by touch which is not a phenomenon um i read this everybody should do this when i went to school for sexology it was a year-by-year assessment of what normal with normal in the sense of like the median, what the median sexual behavior is per age. And it's like five years old masturbating or dry humping. And so I was in that space of like, I remember my first sexual experience at five being awesome and consensual with a pillow. And I remember it being like, this was fun and positive. And I told a friend who told on me that I got in trouble. And then my, my Barbies were banned from being naked. I was called lewd a lot by my family members, like to try to suppress this side of me. And so this thing that I naturally knew was good and an, a healthy part of who I was, I was like, "Oh shit, this makes my family upset with me and angry. It gets me in trouble." So the thing with repression is, you can either push it down and become a nun, or like you push it down until it finds a little back door to sneak out of. Mm-hmm. And so I was a back door motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I watched a lot of porn growing up, and I read a lot of fiction novels. And so Exane. my Yes, Zayn, Coldest Winter Ever, Eric Jerome Dickey, like a lot of my ideals around what sex were, were created by works of fiction, Mm -hmm. porn being one of them. And so when I started being sexual at age, you know, 16 years old, I modeled them after lies, and I had a very awful, toxic sex life. And when I turned 19, I had seven sexual partners and I, no, zero orgasms, you know, no joy. And I'm like, man, here's this thing that I've been looking forward to my whole life and it's not worth the hype. Either that or I'm not doing it well. So I got a library card and started reading and I was like, you know, reading Masters and Johnson and I read the Kinsey book and I read the sex encyclopedia. I'm like, this is great information, but it's so boring. So is there going to be somebody who creates a space where sex education is sexy, where it's fun, where it's inviting. Um, and so that's the niche I saw for myself back in 2004 or something like that. Um, and then my book laid came out in 2009 and then, That's kind of the same thing with the Game of Desire. It was like years later, I'm like, okay, the same thing was happening with me with dating. I still wasn't having those great connections. I was getting a lot of my own ways. I was getting ghosted. I just, I wasn't finding joy in that. And so I started studying pickup artistry and seduction and influence and connection. And that transformed my life in every way. And I thought, how do I package all these great books into an interesting read?
2: Mm. Like, I think it's f- quite fascinating. Just even you talking about struggles in dating because you're obviously a very beautiful woman, very intelligent. Thank you. you know? <laughs> and and so most people wouldn't assume that you would have some challenges. Like, what were some of the challenges that you were facing consistently? I don't
1: know if you guys are on Instagram. Every hot girl complains about dating. Yeah. The hottest. Like I said that about Brittany Rayner, whose book um, Judge's cover came out, and I was like, this is such an affirmation. Like if you, this woman has a Ass like a coffee table, mm. and still I like has coffee tables. huh?
2: I like coffee tables. Yeah, it was.
1: A, it's a very <laughs> nice, very very nice yeah. authentic coffee table. Oh, authentic. Um, oh, you touched it? No, oh.
0: I mean <laughs> I've seen the gym. Got you, got you I'm not. I'm really
1: really not an aficionado at what is or isn't real. I'm not good at that stuff. Okay. But I would assume I see the gym work. I mean, whatever. I yeah. don't. I don't okay. know. It looks wonderful. Um, it's whatever form. But I would say that like if there's no face of what somebody who's a bad connector looks like. And that's what the art of seduction teaches you, is that there's nine different ways to be highly seductive and to be great at connecting with others. Only one of those has to do with how you look. And looks is a depreciating asset. And there's a study that was done that's like, there's no proof that people who date somebody who's hot have relationship satisfaction.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you heard the study where it says it's actually like, sometimes the more attractive you are the, the, the more difficult it is for you to find somebody in a romantic relationship have you ever read that before i haven't no oh it's quite fascinating
1: yeah, yeah. i would say it is but i mean i was also a dick you know oh, what I mean? okay like elaborate yeah i um i've never gotten along with teachers my whole life i'm a very disagreeable i would say like cause someone actually said to me because when i started you know doing sex as a career that sounds like a prostitution. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you said. It. <laughs> well, that's how my parents interpreted it, actually. But when I started, you know, talking about sex as a career at like 19, 20 years old, my parents were so angry and upset with it and against it. My mom's reaction was so visceral, and I didn't give a fuck. And so, a part of my the reason I even have this career is because I'm a dick. I'm like, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to do it. But that that's the thing, too, is a lot of the qualities that we have, to your point, that aid us in certain areas in life actually prevent us from being successful in others. And so that headstrong, I'm doing things my way, I don't care what anyone else thinks, this is who I am, take it or leave it, really helped to propel or start my career. But it was stopping me from making healthy romantic connections. So I had to acknowledge at one point that I'm like... The common denominator is you. You know, like every subway sandwich you go to, you get in an argument. Every airplane you're on, every relationship you're in. Like, and agreeableness is the number one trait which determines relationship longevity and success or someone's ability, which we're told nice people finish last, but in truth, nice people stay in the race the longest.
2: Mm.
0: Never heard of that. So, the traits that you saw. Like what, what made you change? Or how did you start going through that process with some of the things that you did?
1: It's troubleshooting when you're like, oh, mm-hmm. something's not working. And then you can do the troubleshooting what a lot of people do, where they're like, other, other, other.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Men ain't shit. This person ain't shit. The world ain't shit. Dating ain't shit. You can do that for a while. And I did that for a while. And then eventually I was like, maybe that's true. Maybe dating is shit. Maybe it is hard. Maybe it is trash. But there are people who are doing well. Yeah. I can't deny that. There are people who have success in this area. I'm just not one of them. And if I want to be one of the successful people, I got to start paying attention to what they're doing that I'm not. And that's where books came into play, or just being an observer, or being a listener and a learner, and being able to make important changes in my life and my own personality. And then I think that's when I had a, a massive shift. What
2: mm-hmm. was the biggest thing that you changed that you felt like caused the most drastic shift in your life?
1: Um, my disagreeableness. Like mm. I honestly would say like I, I'm married now, and my number one advice for like a healthy marriage is like developing your shut the fuck up filter. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's so many times that I always want to voice my opinion or say how I would do things or give an alternate route. Like I'm just like always. And then if I just be quiet sometimes, and even if something, it doesn't, Please me, you know? Sometimes I want to correct right away, but if I just be quiet, one, sometimes it actually pans out even better than I thought it would. Or number two, it's like, let that person have the joy of having their vision come to fruition. Just like you want to assert your vision in this moment, like they also want that same feeling of knowing they did it their way. So, like, shutting up and like, shutting down that voice in my head, which, you know, stopped me from being a good student where I was always trying to one-up the teacher or say how things could be better, but versus, like, if I'm trusting you to partner with you, I actually have to trust you. Um, so that, I think, was my, my biggest shift.
2: No, absolutely. Do you guys have
1: something like that for yourself that you recognize, like... Oh,
2: my gosh. You, you oh. want to go down the road? <laughs> trust me. I mean, man, um, for me, the biggest thing that I saw... Um, that, hold on, what are you asking me? I like want to what, to was, write, what, answer, what was write.
1: the trait that was blocking your own blessing?
2: For women, um, it's actually quite fascinating. For me, I think I'll be the judge of that. Okay. For me, it was being too nice and being too available yes. and being too kind. Mm. So, like while you are, while you describe yourself as highly um, and this is me theorizing here. While you yourself describe yourself as highly disagreeable personality trait, I feel like attraction wise, that's very attractive because you are very independent. You are very, it's very strong. You know, it's very intoxicating, like a challenge to be one. So I can see like a person like that would be initially attractive It would be very, very attractive. But then later on, like longevity wise. It's hard to sustain. Yeah, it's like it's like hot sex and then very angry. Frustrating afternoons, you know, but I think for me it was like because I was too kind and I, I didn't understand some t- like some of the, di- the natural dynamics of overdoing it. Um, I think that's what hindered me the most so I was always under the pressure that okay there's a girl and you're interested in her just do 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 be so great be so amazing just literally give her everything and in due time she'll like you back and I didn't understand that for like a lot of times that's not the best way of going about it Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't until I started realizing that you have to Um, allow people to qualify themselves before you give them affection and stuff like that that's when it started really helping me in life and then obviously being my own independent person more so helped strengthen me as well in in regards to like success and stuff like that
1: and i i really want to highlight that because i think that people can interpret that like don't be so nice
2: no of course not it's not that yeah and so i and and like i'll explain it like this it's like Unfortunately, like in a, I think in the most healthy manner, which is probably what you have and what people in a happy relationship have, there's no cat and mouse game. It's just two people. I love you. You love me. The more I give to you, the more you give to me. It doesn't matter. But a lot of times when you meet somebody initially, the more they press into you. The, the more you kind of lean back. Yeah. Right? It's just kind of the natural dynamics of it. So, people, when someone isn't pressing into you and you're naturally very, like, in their face, it naturally causes you to go back. And so, it's not saying you need to be a dick or you need to be rude. It's just to be able to, t- like, temper it out, right? So, yep. if somebody's taking two steps, don't take seven, uh-huh. you know? And so, that's, <laughs> I love her sounds. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, that's, that's what I've learned. So, it's not about being bad, but it's about being wise in regards to how you treat other people.
1: There was this TED talk that I I watched this guy was saying he's like a reformed nice guy but he's like i realized i wasn't nice actually i was needy i wasn't being nice to them because i thought they were good people i was being nice to them because i needed somebody to like me and so i actually wasn't even paying attention to who they were or paying attention to what was important to them and foregoing i mean we're a cooperation-based society and the reason why we're at the top of the food chain is because you give i give you know you build the hut I bring the food like there has to be the cooperation and a nice person really isn't providing anything um, because they're not providing honesty and truth and challenge. And they're not giving you an opportunity to also provide back. And so it's not a true partnership. Um, And there's a study that said that there is like this uh, experiment. So it's like a game that three of us would play. And in this game, you can choose whether you're going to play for the group's benefit or for your own benefit. And there was equal amounts of distaste for the person who always played for their own benefit to the person who always played for the group's benefit. Yeah. Because the person who always plays for the group benefit and never played for themselves, you didn't trust that person's intentions. Exactly. And you're like, what do they want from me? They're trying to butter me up. Like, what's, this, what's the deal? What's the catch behind this? And also, too, like, no one's that nice. What's the real truth behind it? Yeah. So you need that balance. Interesting. Well, what's your thing?
0: My thing? Uh, I feel like I gave uh, women too much power over me. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as like just words of affirmation like I always do a lot of nice things do the right things to you know not be like the other guys or the bad guys or the players or whatever so I did a lot of a lot of like kind of similar pieces a lot of nice things and gave them power and they thought I was a good guy a good person then I was happy and if I didn't get that I was miserable so
1: Oprah says the
0: need to please is a disease Mm -hmm. it is so yeah, that was mine. But now, but now I'm good. Yeah, now I'm fixed. I'm better, I'm better. I wasn't yeah. out fixed, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely better. Working on giving myself power and, and you know, my God giving me what I need versus trying to get from other people. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
2: no, and and I, and what. Jumping into the book, because I'm really, I'm glad that you shared that story, but what I really liked that you talked about was the importance for women, I think this goes for men as well, to, one, do the inventory themselves in regards to building yourself up before you even, like, seek a partner, because, um, I'm going to (laughs) say, I thought about it, but I remember somebody once told me, like, they said, every woman wants Prince Charming but never asked the question does Prince Charming want you mm. and it's not even like saying like you're not valuable enough but it's like if you yourself put such high like requirements on an individual like how therefore can you not meet this that same individual's requirements for you yes and so and you talk about that can you can you elaborate a little bit about the importance of like building up yourself as an individual
1: yeah I mean this this just it's better that way. I mean, there's people who life happens to them and there's people who happen to life. And so if you're a person who life happens to you, you're waiting for someone to prove something to you. You're waiting for things to be gifted to you. And that's great, I guess, in one capacity. On the other hand, you're out of control. You have to, you're passively waiting and hoping and wishing versus somebody who's like, oh, this isn't working. Okay, what's in my control? That's really what it is. What's in my control that I can constantly do and fix? Do you guys ever read the book before, um, Men Don't Like Women Like You? No, I don't it. oh, it It's it's Why Men Don't Love Women Like You or something to Capacity. Mm. He is he's like goes under a fake name. He also wrote Ho Tactics.
0: Ho oh. oh. Tactics.
1: Yeah. But Why Men Don't Love Women Like You was a fascinating book that I I really enjoyed. G. L. Lambert, I believe it is, but he in essence was saying also too that what has happened with um women and the rise to power in the financial world Mm. as contributors, right? A lot of the skills that women have acquired in this space, they believe that that's the work that it takes to be a good romantic partner. Mm. But it's separate work. Mm. And so what you're looking at as a value, because you're like, I have a house or I Mm. "I have this, Mm. I have Mm. four um, degrees. And he's like, that actually isn't qualifying you as a good romantic partner. Oh
0: my
2: gosh. You said it, not us.
1: Yeah, Lambert said it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And gosh, we're going to have to go there. I I love that point because I think that equality is beautiful. Um, But sometimes I think when you think of equality, then you start to think that men and women, in value they're the same, but in thinking they're not. So... I think that sometimes what's gone on is that when, when for some women, not saying it's bad, but for some women thinking like, oh, I'm equal to men, then they start to think that okay, the way a man thinks is the way I think, the way yes. what men values, things that I value. So like you said, a woman will be like, I want a guy who's ambitious, who has this kind of job, you know, this kind of height, and then therefore she'd be like, well, then I guess guys want a guy with this ambition, you know, this kind of job, and it's like this kind of money, and it's like no that's not it and then like you said those traits that benefited you in the workplace help you you know skyrocket and you know as a lawyer in new york city may not be the same skills that help you create a healthy long-lasting relationship mm-hmm. and that's just something that i just think a lot of people miss out on they don't they don't realize that reality of it
1: yeah i, I think that also too someone actually asked me in the day to like what do you think about people who try to date outside of their league and I was like, "What? What does that mean? Like, yeah. dating isn't the NBA where there's like strict qualifications. Yeah. Even yeah. then." There's no – you can't even say, oh, can I make it to the NBA? Because different teams need different things. Maybe one team is looking for a morale rah-rah-rah guy. They have their starting five. They have everyone they need. But what they need is that last chip who's going to come in and create glue because there is some drama between the two-star players. And so you can't say if you are you qualify for a league because you don't know what that individual is looking for and like what somebody else values. And so there was this person that I knew whom – like, they were, in essence, looking for someone to stay in the country. Like, they needed a visa. Um, so what was a qualifier for them was somebody who was willing to get married very quickly. And- this first
2: Nigerian? <laughs> no. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> what? Trust me. But that's what I
1: mean. That's the league. Yeah. That's the league that they were looking for. That was their qualifier for a mate. So take your shot with every single person because you have no idea if you have exactly what they're looking for or
0: not at all. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when we're gonna do that. What, what do you mean? Because I mean, I don't, I don't know if like if somebody has all these degrees are just going to just date any and everybody. Mm. But there
1: are men who do want a woman who is successful. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think. Just, it's probably not statistically as high as women who are looking for a man who is financially successful. Yeah. So I like whether you broke it down because it's like just because that's what you want doesn't mean it's what other people want. Yeah. And I think a lot of that like, someone actually said, we're talking about love languages, and they were like, my love language is words of affirmation, and my love language I like to speak is gifts. I'm like, I don't think it works that way. You can't go in with a preference for how you want to love other people.
2: Yeah, like, I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't. <laughs> Whoa.
1: yeah oh, you man. can't go in for a preference for yeah. how I want you to qualify me. Yeah. Mm. You know, what I mean, I, I don't know what your qualifiers are for an interesting mate, and so that would only come through conversation. If I was interested in you, that's what the thing of seductiveness as well too is that it's learning that and being able to adapt if necessary.
2: No, that's good. So you have let's say you have some of these clients and then you talk about the the women in your book but let's say you have some of these clients and you know a lot of times I think you said in phase three you write out this list right yeah so when do you tell people that list is erroneous because it's just too long and when do you tell people that okay this list makes sense or do you even tell people that their list could be erroneous and just too long and unrealistic? You well, you're you're looking for. Okay.
1: So I describe the list as like a job listing, and so in any job listing, your uh, required qualifications are never going to exceed five. Mm-hmm. Um, the book that I talked about before, The Signs of Happily Ever After, said statistically everyone should get everyone gets three wishes when it comes to a mate. So when you come up with a list of twenty things, like no, you're going to get three wishes. What's your so, three? Uh, securely attached because of the job that I do, and I'm very flirty and I like flirting, and so I could not have a jealous partner. Uh, emotionally intelligent. I like somebody who likes to question life. Like my favorite quote is the unexamined life is not worth living. So I wanted a partner who would like talk about like why do they make this bottle green? This bot, it's not a bottle, it's a fucking book. But yeah. why do they choose the color red for this? Uh, and then finally, sexually compatible. I actually, I'm li- I'm lying. My third is physical attractiveness, which I know is a depreciate. You should not make that your top three. So but- and
2: this is where physical attractiveness is like a junk drawer word. Yes, because it has, in my opinion, for women, more things than it does for men. So what what does that qualify? I for just you? have
1: to look at you and be like.
2: Oh, but what, what is that? What is what that is, thing? The, 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 what is what does that come from? Dude, do I, I have don't to get know. Tattoos? Because I'm trying to get some of that. No, <laughs> actually, you know, actually, I don't have I any
1: that. tattoos. I don't like tattoos. Um, I don't. My partner has tattoos, but so it's not tattoos? my.
2: <laughs> no, I'm like a. I here. like clean. You,
1: you know what I mean? But I don't know. It's just like a. I definitely have like a physical type, so I think that there's a pretty easy way to map that out. Yeah. somebody who looks similar to me. Um, yeah. but i that's also like my family is versions of me yeah. like I, I come from a a brown family, so I think that's just again, like. Uh, Attraction is built in the subconscious. It's based on exposure. And so you want what you've been exposed to because you know you can trust those people. You can trust them because you've built up, like, oh, you remind me of my cousin. My cousin was a good person. Therefore, you're a good person. So now I feel attraction to you, which is not based on anything other than like who my cousin was. Nothing to do with who you are. But, anyways, I acknowledge that physical attractiveness is not, it's a bad use of a wish. I just have to be honest with who I am. I'm a shallow ass motherfucker.
2: I don't think you're shallow. I think that's that's the one difference between the platonic and the sexual, in my opinion. The, the attraction. That's the that's the only difference.
1: But sexual attraction or sexual compatibility and physical attraction aren't the same thing. Say it again. Sexual compatibility and physical attractiveness are not the same. thing. Of course, of course, of, yeah. course,
2: of course, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Mm. So that's what. So like. So. That's when you use the word physical attractiveness, but are you going back and saying that your third wish is sexual compatibility?
1: I would say I'm using that as like my cop-out way. It's really (laughs) not. I'm just being honest right now. But yes, um, actually, a lot of women do not have physical attractiveness in their, I say, frozen vibe. I think if you put the work into yourself, you can ask for two more wishes. If you really, again, made sure that you have put in the skills necessary to be a good connector... Not a good lawyer or not a good mom. It's very separate skills. If you've actually put time and energy, I love reading this book, researching pickup artistry, um, researching seduction, then you can get two more w- two more wishes for yourself. But a lot of women, frozen five, I don't see physical attractiveness.
2: Okay. What's your three? I have no idea. Oh, really? No, I, don't. I, don't. I don't. Not know. an
1: idea? You have to have some idea. I,
2: I have idea.
1: Like it's a job. You're a multi billion dollar corporation. Yeah. You're hiring a CEO. What mm-hmm. are the three things that your long term romantic partner has to have in order to
2: even be considered for the role? Chris, I know these things. You may oh, know these for things. How do you? I, oh. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I have to think about this.
2: I look, let's be honest. Every guy we know the first wish is gonna be physical attractiveness. Let's she not even, let's impression. not even let's not even deny that, right? No, I'm not denying that. So I would say number two for you would be Love for God, that could be in there. Mm. And then I would say, number three for you, would ha- you would have to be a warm words of affirmation giving person. True.
1: Oh, speak your love language. Yeah,
2: yes. yeah. Like that's so important for him. Like mm. you have to be able to speak to him in a loving, positive. I
1: think you found your soulmate.
2: Head on down to aisle twelve. Get started.
0: (laughs) Look about to cut this off. She's done. You're done. She's done. You're done. It's getting ridiculous around here now. Now It's getting ridiculous.
2: So yeah, that's what I feel like. You you need that. All right, that's
0: good. Moving on. What are your three?
2: My three um, physical attractiveness is is the first thing. Number two... See, at
1: least I said physical attractive is number three for me.
2: I I, I I think, honestly, this is just me. I think that's bullshit for 99% of people. I think if we're all honest, that's like... How many people can honestly say they dated somebody who they weren't physically attracted to, but they were just emotionally attracted to?
1: I would say that it's a percentage. There's not like a zero oh, no, no, physical I'm not saying attractive. Zero, I'm saying- Even 50%, I would say a large amount of people. <sighs>
2: That they were not physically tracked themselves They're sun. half.
1: It wasn't necessarily their greatest cup of tea. It wasn't their tall glass of milk that they are or a tall glass of beer or whatever <sighs> euphemism we can use here. But I
2: would love to see that study. I would go I would go ninety, ten, eighty, five, fifteen I would at go best. that high. I said no. Like you're not physically not. not, not, man, not I didn't. I didn't say does. sort of. I said you're not.
1: I know a lot of friends of mine who are dating somebody M- who is not male equally
0: female.
1: Uh, women who exactly. are not dating exactly. equally exactly. equally yoked in attractiveness, males, oh, and very happy.
2: But that's different because yeah. I would I would argue that um, the attractiveness, like I said, for women, I think the the list is longer. Right, so I think, in my opinion, I, w- I would think that sometimes like status for women is attractive. Like uh an ugly king is still a king. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's still attractive. Is an ugly
1: queen still a queen?
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> like Cinderella is. There's a story of Cinderella for a reason. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. She was fine. Yeah, I mean, you don't care yeah, what yeah, she that you that sound <laughs> It sounds good. It sounds good.
0: You gotta look good too.
2: <laughs> you gotta look good. I'm that's right. just my opinion. That's just from my studies. I think studies. about my
0: kids. I do. I do.
1: Well, can I ask a question? Go ahead. Beauty, as now, where I think beauty is very accessible, I think that the average person now has tools to that of a rock star okay. in that, like, glam. So, do you also take into account that, like, someone's ability
2: to. Oh, no. You don't. I like raw beauty.
1: Oh, that's so specific.
2: Mm, yeah <laughs> you said i got three wishes <laughs> what about, what, is, if you're a genie why, why can not i be specific what are we doing here
1: <laughs> What? i really respect people who play the game who get it who are like this wasn't the deck of cards that i was dealt kind of similar to me i wasn't dealt i think with the most inviting personality but i made an adjustment i learned i understand how to do it and now I play that role until I' become it, but I use the tools around me to better myself in an area that I don't think I was naturally apt. So I feel like if I see somebody who's doing that, even a dude, if I'm like, "Oh, like he dresses well, he's getting a good haircut, you know what I mean, He could tell that there's a lot of effort put in to overcompensate. I think that that would make someone boost their score in my mind.
0: I Being the you just want Cinderella, you
1: want the person who's like undeniable, like she's poor. But get that girl a castle. Yeah. she's
2: fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I, I, I would argue that's a that is a protypical feminine beauty and the beast type of story. Like to be able to transcend here, like that's why you have like soldiers who like get their face blown up, but they're amputated and stuff like that. Like where the women, they still see inside of here, and they're they're not even focus on that. But like I personally think that for a lot of guys, that first. You know the look <laughs> is like one of the most important things, but like I, like I really believe because I know people call me shallow right now. It's it's heads and it's tails. It's not it's not mutually exclusive. I think it's both of them. Like it's it's not just she looks good and then she's a terrible human being. I would never do that. Yeah. I would say no, it, he, yeah, no, you, he it, inside well, and outside. What's your two three? So two would be love for God, and then for three, I would I would say a feminine like a really feminine person. Mm. Um, I think. Yeah, that'll be your, I, and I won't. I won't get, be a third. Like that to me.
1: You know what's fascinating about that though, because no none of these have to do with how they would interact with you.
2: You know what's funny? That was my that was my problem for years. Mm-hmm. Remember, I told you I was always a nice guy. Yeah, I never qualified. You had to like me or yeah. be nice to me mm. or respect or value me. I never did. I I, I just literally never did. I know the adage is Chris is very similar. Like Chris likes girls who like like him. That's something that he does. And I think most guys is like, How'd you meet your wife? Well, she talked to me. Like I would say a lot of people are like that. Me, I never I was never like that. And you never had to treat me anyway for me to be attracted to you mm-hmm. which is why I had to learn like I said to be able to see what step you take and, and that's dinner.
0: why I came in because I was like nah we're not dealing with that <laughs> boy. Yeah. we not
2: dealing with this bull no more
0: <laughs> nah we're not doing it go get some respect around here yeah so. I stepped in hard did you
1: guys come together at the beginning of your journey midway through like at what point did the two of you link up
2: Chris describes the house we lived in as the house of broken men because when we first met we were, we were originally roommates and there was five of us all living in a house together Chris just got out of a two-year relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was a girl that he loved. He thought he was going to marry. Mm-hmm. And for reasons he shared many times on his podcast, it ended things devastated him. Like, he was going through a serious, dark season. I actually moved to Houston because a girl that I was interested in for three years, it was like I always wanted her. And like I said, she never was interested. And my thought process at that time was maybe it's because... Like, we don't have proximity to each other because, like, she doesn't see me enough. So maybe if I'm, like, in her area, then, therefore, she'll be interested in me. So I actually moved to Houston for this girl, and then I, like, met up with Chris, and then we all lived together. So that's where we met, like, in, like, literally kind of the that part of the movie where, like, the main character is lost and oh, confused, wow. you know, like, you know freaking um, Simba, you know, <laughs> in, the, in the wilderness. Like, that's yeah. that's where we both, um, when we began this podcast and also, like, our journey of being friends. That's so, a yeah.
1: beautiful story. Yeah. So you've done this together.
0: I mean, not together. Like you <laughs> down and open the box. No, nah, I ain't going do all that together. You rebuilt yeah. together. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Definitely, and on the show, too. On the show, yeah.
0: Every, yeah. Everybody, if you start from literally from episode one to now, it's a timeline of our lives. Like, it's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to know the journey, how far we came in the past two and a half years, start
2: from episode one.
1: For all of you listeners out there. I'm yeah.
2: yeah. go Back I
0: mean, it's in really the catalogs. Like,
2: people see the growth. Yeah. You know, so yeah, good. Mm. No, and so I, that's why, to me, I always tell people, like, and I love what your book is doing, because I think people would see it from the outside looking in and they're like oh this is probably just like you know why men love bitches one of those kinds of book about manipulation but you do like you're focused so much on the internal, internal work yeah. for the individual mm-hmm. to build the life that you want to live for yourself yeah. I love that part about the book the end goal isn't just get a man it's to actually excuse me love and value yourself yes. I think this is a beautiful message
1: the message overall is that at the end of the day we are creators and I I know you guys are religious, but I don't mean that in a religious yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the pants you're wearing, somebody made. The microphones that were on, another person, no more capable, awesome, cool, incredible, maybe had more access. But the same brain, brain the same hands, the same eyes were able to create. Like, so you are able to make what you want right? We live in a rapidly advancing society because people are constantly making things. And so you can make yourself different. You can make your circumstances different. Now people's start lines might be different. Some people might have an easier time or more of a push, but at the end of the day, we all have the potential. And so if you don't like the hand that you're dealt, start dealing your own cards. Um, and it could take some time and it takes work. Don't get me wrong. I think my biggest lesson with this book is when I first started it, I called it a six week course. Like six weeks to being a masterful seducer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Motherfucker is six months to a year later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the biggest part was getting people to acknowledge their faults. Mm. And that's so naive of me because I've been in this space 13 years. I wrote a book, like I said, to that two thousand and nine. it came out. It really wasn't until 2014 that I was like, oh, you got issues. Mm. You know, it took me five years wow. to stop the narrative of them, them, them. Um, and to say, oh, how am I a contributor in my own destiny and my own downfall, and how can I also be the the architect of my uprising? I love mm-hmm. this. We're so
0: we were the opposite. We beat ourselves up versus like damn them, them, them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then, well, that's the that's great because another sector of pickup artists hate women. Yeah. Right. That's oh
2: um, um, misogyny is like so rampant. The MGTOWs, the mm-hmm. red pill community, like it's it's sad because you know. Um, sorry for cutting you off, I just think it's so unfortunate when you you allow the bad experiences of some to generalize all. And you see that happening, whether it's gender, whether it's religion, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's sexuality, like, you see people demonizing entire groups of individuals because of an experience, a bad experience with with some. And so, yeah, I I definitely agree with you all the way. I think that's just so unhealthy and toxic.
1: Yeah, but our brains are designed to do that. Mm -hmm. That's why people end up with phobias of spiders, because one spider, when they were three years old, um it's interesting i think like learning about the brain and why it operates the way that it does just creates so much freedom and space for empathy and space for growth like the you know when you're a kid like you remember all the negative shit so clearly yep and your parents like what about the time i spent you don't remember that you only bring up the negative times it's because your brain flags like bookmarks negative things because like we don't want this to happen again So you will have vivid memories of the most negative shit, not because you're an awful, toxic person, but because that's survival. Mm. And phobias are developed from that, from a dog bit me when I was young, and now I go into fight-or-flight mode every time a dog is around because my body's trying to protect me. Mm. And you have to be smarter than your brain and employ logic to say, that was that one dog. It's not all dogs. (laughs) And maybe we were acting foolish back then. Maybe we ran or we poked the dog in the eye first. Like, there's... There's another path that doesn't always have to lead to disaster and danger.
2: Mm. No, I, I think that's so good. Um I just had a random idea, so I'm going to go down a rabbit hole and come back. There's this um there's this tribe in Australia Okay, I got to go backwards. There's this is an amazing <laughs> book. <laughs> this an amazing book. New York Times bestselling book won a Pulitzer Award in literature called Guns, Germs, and Steel. It's basically how um, Western society was able to colonize the entire world and why the rest of the world wasn't able to colonize Western society, but we we'll won't get into that today. But this guy goes into like um, some indigenous place in New Zealand or Australia, and like he's just traveling, just living with the people, and there's like mushrooms and like the guy picks up a wild mushroom and eats it, and a dude's like, "What are you doing? You can't eat mushrooms." The European guy to the indigenous guy, like, "What are you doing? You can't eat mushrooms? Like, mushrooms are po- they can be poisonous?" And he just laughed at him. He was like, "What do you mean poisonous? Like, you don't know the difference in the poisonous and non-poisonous mushrooms?" And he's like, "There's over like 35 species of mushrooms in the area. There's no way to tell the difference." And the, the indigenous guy was like, "Of course, it's co- it's common sense." Because for thousands of years, they were conditioned like... To be able to spot these minute differences that other people weren't able to spot, in which you're able to determine like what's what's good mushrooms and what's bad mushrooms, right? And so, like you talked about, like we don't understand how the like the mental conditioning of our mind affects how we behave today, yeah. And how like these pat like and some people even say like it's generational, like for example, I, I'm sure you've heard of the um, the study when you have like baby chickens and you can literally put like a shadow of a of like a hawk in the sky and they will literally run for cover without ever seeing a hawk in the their life because of the biological conditioning in their DNA. Mm. So I think. Um,
1: did they use that to like
2: manage them? Um, I forgot why they did that study, but I think it was. I, I don't know why to be honest with you <laughs> but I, I do know like the conclusion was just like trauma sometimes is biological, yeah, you know, and so that's why like like things like racism are are so dangerous because it just it can even be influenced into the children sub- subconsciously, yes, yeah, and so I think your point and that's why I love your point about not demonizing all men and not demonizing all women, especially in the dating space because I feel like so many people are burnt out and worn out because of that very reason,
1: yeah, and that's one of the things I talk about in the book that's like Everyone is a protagonist of their own film. Everyone thinks that they are Mufasa. Nobody looks in the mirror and is like, oh, I'm kind of scar and I've been scarred before to somebody else. And this girl's amazing. <laughs> well, especially too when you are when you have been scarred by somebody, you know, I'm making the Disney reference. I'm not saying scarred. I but love
2: Disney. Well, when you My have been scarred movie.
1: by somebody, how that internalizes in you and the behavior that you have. And now you turn around and you start treating somebody else based on that other third party. And it's like now you're that person's scar. So I think we have such an easy time identifying other people's toxic behaviors and toxic traits, but we're not really recognizing how we are now internalizing those and treating others that exact same way. So I think it it is important to press the pause button to be like, why do I behave this way? Why do I think this way? And not only how is this hurting me, but how am I hurting others? (sighs)
2: Sounds so good. (laughs) Oh man, this is such, this is so amazing. That's good stuff. One of the things you also talk about in the Mm -hmm. book that I really enjoy is how you teach women to be proactive and to approach men. Mm. That's something that's very unorthodox, but I believe I actually believe that's more old school than the whole wait to get pursued. In my opinion, but people can argue with me that with that later. But for so many people, they see that as like. The no-no. Don't ever talk to guys. Don't ever initiate. But you push people to that. Like, can you can you explain a little bit more about like why you decided to put that and the importance of it?
1: Yeah. Well, I actually used to be an upholder of a woman should never make the first move mm. because I did in the past, but I did what you said you shouldn't do. I would take seven steps and look back and be like, where are you? Why aren't you here? (laughs) And then get angry and then give up and get frustrated rather than making the first move, seeing if they reciprocate, taking another step forward if they follow. Like I would approach somebody and try to initiate a relationship and it wouldn't go anywhere. And I just adopted in my mind, like, well, it never works when women try to make the first move. It never works when anybody just moves blindly. So that's Mm -hmm. the the real basis of it. Mm -hmm. So I had to recently, I think, Maybe like in the past three years, I changed my mind on that. Maybe maybe five years or so. Uh, but in the book, we actually spoke with a pickup artist, JT Tran. And he had such a dope quote where he was like, approaching people is a skill. Mm-hmm. It's like bike riding. And just because someone can ride a bike doesn't mean they're going to be a good romantic partner. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody comes up to you to start a conversation, they've talked to 20 other people that day like we had this dude actually when we were going on an experiment who was like ladies what's up sexy and he was like this five foot three Mexican dude in like a basketball jersey and he was like yelling at us in the street and I was like how many women have you approached today he's like 25 yeah. Yeah. 30 so and women interpret that like oh if someone talks to me that must mean they like me versus mm-hmm. if someone talks to me that means they do this shit all the time
2: wow oh my gosh I gotta jump in here <laughs> That is so important to understand because that's a skill I learned from my friends who are not good guys. No offense to them. I it's learned no a, offense. <laughs> not like, like not good, but like they use it for bad reasons, in my opinion. But I learned, like everybody knows me. I'm the king of cold like it's cold, cold, cold approach and pick up artic- I'm the king of cold approach. Like I can go up to any girl, no matter where, who, where, and talk to her and start a conversation. Most guys don't do that. Yeah. And to me, and I'm just generalizing here, a lot of guys who do that. Aren't usually who are good at it, like you said. They they're good at it because they do it so much, right? And so a girl will think that oh, if he likes me, he'll come talk to me. Chris is a great guy. Chris is not coming to go talk to you because he's thinking like I want to interrupt you. I want to bother you. I want to inconvenience you. Like he like he's actually cares about what you're doing douchebag you know who talked to 75 girls he don't care if you're on the phone he don't care if you gotta go to a doctor's appointment he wants you now you know mm-hmm. and so I just love you that.
1: and her and <laughs> yeah. that girl 10 minutes ago and a girl at Chipotle yes yeah.
2: yeah, so I love that point that, that you bring up about being the master of your own fate and choosing what you want yes because for so many times people's like if you're a girl and you only respond to the guys who come talk to you you actually don't really have much of a choice of a filter besides what will choose you but when you are the master of your own fate. You can literally choose whichever guy you want and now the control is in your hands, which you talk about it in the book.
1: Yes, 100%. That was a good sermon right there. That's your little Instagram soundbite. That's it. Yeah, 100%. I think it is that. Like why why would you not want to be an active participant? Imagine that there is a world, my brothers, back. Um but imagine that there is a world where you wait for the right job to find you. Mm. That you're just like, it'll come, it'll fight. If it it wants me, it'll approach me. And you're like, maybe it works that way. And I say that about LA. LA is a great city for that. Like, you can come to, people don't want to try. I think in this dating space, they look at trying as gross. Like, oh, you read a book? Like, you're desperate. Oh, you tried? Like, you're taking classes? Like, oh, you're talking to people? You're you're researching? Ew, like, you're needy and gross. Whereas in every area in life that you want to get good at, Oh, true. You have to research, you got to practice, you got to mm. enlist the help of gurus, you have to go out there and try different techniques out. And that's how you develop mastery if you want to get good at something. But in this space, it's like the more you try, the like grosser or worse you probably are at it. Mm. And it, it is such a stupid, mind boggling technique. And oh so, yeah, I would, I'd, I say as though like I, I approach all the time, I approach like incessantly and I get rejected a lot in my daily life and so I'm not saying that approaching is a fail safe way to like all of a sudden now everyone's going to like you but it just means your probability of meeting people and also makes life more fun Mm -hmm. I think when you get to pick who you want to talk to Um, and you get to pick what kind of conversations you engage in but yeah it comes with a lot of awkward scenarios but Mm -hmm. you win some you lose some
2: heard that my whole life (laughs) Big Sean yeah (laughs) man Hmm. what do you mean by like
0: rejection when you get rejected a lot what do you mean by that
1: it's like awkward encounters like we went to a restaurant actually recently around here we go all the time and um it's like rejection rejectionist. This is the thing, too. When I say approach somebody, I don't mean like, hey, what's your number? You yeah, know, right like, yeah. where I'm laying it out there because I don't even know you. Yeah. Why would I put an expectation or a desire to continue uh, interacting with you? when I don't even know if you qualify for interacting with me. So I never approach Boom. somebody like, will they like me or can I get this from them? I'm like, I'm curious. Let me see if we can have a good exchange. And then from there, same with that mutual reciprocation, it will go slowly. What's up, Cray?
0: Shut up, what up? You know what I mean? Shoot, I saw that beamer. Must be nice.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Um,
1: yeah, so I think that like when I, I mean awkward and rejection is when I try to make a conversation with somebody or I make a joke that doesn't land. I give a compliment that gets weird. So at this restaurant, the waiter was like, oh, do you guys want anything else? And I was like, just your love would be great. He was like, what? I said, oh, just, yeah. I just, just want your love. That's all. He's like, I don't understand. I was like, no, I was just saying I don't need anything else on the menu. And he's like, so you're, you don't need anything else. You need water or anything else. He's like, I'm like, no, I was just making a, and he's like, uh, okay. And he walked yeah. away, and I was like, I got to come back here? Like, it was
0: the most
2: yeah.
1: aw- awful exchange, but you survived.
2: Man, like, I thrive that.
0: I love awkwardness sometimes. Sorry.
1: Well, you're prime for approaching then.
0: But
2: you oh, don't, I can no, do it. Wait a second. I can do it. Wait, <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. I'm like, like the JV
0: team of, like, like of shooting. Fees is like the varsity ca- team captain. I'm the no, team captain going into me. me. It. I'm
2: All-American. <laughs> <go>. right. <laughs> I'm All-American. It can be All-American.
0: <laughs> the Fees do the work. You got to say, in certain situations, I can do it. When, like I said, when I was at that bachelor party, I was acting a fool out there. And I brought everybody. Yeah. I got the power in me, though. Don't disrespect me. And the me.
1: night's more fun that way. It's so True. much more fun when you're like, what's with the gr- girls in the group? Like, we went out the first night, and everyone just stayed in this huddled group. And you look around, everyone's just talking to people you're not, but yeah. you don't want to start a conversation. And now you're trying to force a conversation with people you already know. And it's like, just why not just open it up and meet new people with no yeah,
0: expectations? I got to show feed my full capability. Though. That's what he wants to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I be trying to suppress my head-assness, but all right, it's going to come oh, out. I
2: look forward to it. <laughs> No, oh, and and, <laughs> and to me, I honestly think, and this is my personal opinion, I, f- I, I feel as though so many women are afraid of rejection. Yes. like
1: At people. Yes, yes.
2: and no. no. Let me tell you why. I agree with you. Across the spectrum, people are afraid of rejection. Correct. So I don't want to generalize anybody via gender. But because of the sexual dance in today's world, the man most of the time is expected to a- approach, right? So, it's expected, like, life isn't a Sadie Hawkins dance, right? It's expected for the guy to go and do, like, hey, you know, blah, 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 So, I would say that, that the ability to go up and talk to strangers is more something that men are expected to do to women than vice versa, but I agree with you for both. Yes. Like, there's so many girls, and I'm not sure if you experienced this, who, like, they will shoot at me. Terrible shots by the chance. Quite and then the too. moment... They see it's not going positive. They shut down. Yeah. They just shut down. And they just, like, give up. I'm like, yo, like, and they get mad. Yeah. Like, people think guys get mad. Have you ever seen a woman get rejected before?
1: No, what does it look like? Give us a, give us a replay.
2: So, <laughs> I remember one time I was at a club, and I chose, I said my dancing. I just wanted to go out. I wanted to go out for once and just no women, just me have fun. So I was, I was a cup dancing, you know what I mean, just having a good time. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this girl comes and she like, you know, try to dance with me. And I was like, no. Like she try to come and I'm like, no, I'm good. And she was like, nigga, what? And she was just so like the look on her face was like, I like, like I assaulted her. Mm. She was like, and she like literally just like stomped all around me and just like stomped away. Mm. I was like, dang, like I just said, no, thank you. You yeah. know what I mean? But to her, it was like in front of everybody, on the dance floor. Like It was just that fear of being rejected. And so I always told myself, if I ever have a daughter, I want, t- I want her to t- teach her grit. Like, that skill?
1: I'd also say, too, that's a bad... Like, in the book, we had a stripper come through, and she gave us this really good play-by-play for how she chooses who she's going to approach as a client. And she's like, number one, take their temperature. So you're never going to walk over... If you see somebody who's not making eye contact with others, they're in their own zone, or they're in a rush, their purse is up, like, you can tell, like, by reading their temperature, they're not in a space they're looking to initiate any kind of conversation. Two, before you go over to somebody, you have to have eye contact, and nonverbal cues. So, cues signals. Yeah. It has to be like a, we've looked at each other a couple times and maybe I waved and you waved and now I'll go over and dance with you. I'm not going to just put my butt on your penis as my introductory move depending
0: on how you look I'm I thankfully okay with that don't That's make a, these people men don't matter, don't you know matter. what though
1: I always say because like this is the thing the, the nuances be clear like I was working with this young group of teens right and maybe like they're 17, 18 years old and they're young Hollywood teens and we were doing a sex talk on camera and we're talking about consent and they were like, but like, what's the guy supposed to do? Like, ew, like if a guy asked me before he kissed me, ew, gross, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, because you're thinking of that one dude in your school who you like, who's super hot. You're thinking of that one dude picking you up and like yeah. having this moment with mm-hmm. you. You're not thinking about the 99% of other people who are hearing that message yeah. who are like, got it. I just I just go for it. Yeah, It's just like. No. And even if you are that super hot person, if they made eye contact with you first, I'm sure it wouldn't diminish the moment. Yeah. So across the board, just like your introductory move should not be, can I get your number? Should not be to advance the relationship, not be to you step outside. And it should not be, here's my butt, it's on your penis, yeah. let's do something with this, right? Mm. So <laughs> I would say that like, yeah, taking temperature and eye contact and nonverbal cues are
0: just across the board, good starting points.
2: No, that's like, that is... So important.
0: So how 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 you make a a nonverbal cue? Yeah, give me an example
2: of that.
1: (sighs) Yeah, a little wink, a little like.
2: (laughs) No, no. you don't do that. You do that for real?
1: It might, yeah.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine that in church? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> you see she's wait, good she, <laughs> <does>, she <laughs> knows what, she what she's doing she knows what she's doing she knows what she's doing no and so here's an interesting thing about that what in your opinion is the difference between friendly nonverbal and then romantic nonverbal mm. because I've noticed that for some people it looks very similar and some girls give those nonverbals as invitations like girls won't shoot like hey my name is Sarah they'll shoot like the two second look not knowing that some girls just looking around everywhere you know so like what would you say is like that difference
1: well that's the thing you don't have to know you don't have to try to be a guesser okay because it's like poker you know you okay you see somebody has was it raise fold what's the third one Um, to check
0: um so you either, call. yeah, call.
1: call What's call, betting higher? No, or check. Is like, you, you put down you two, I'm going to put down two. two. Yeah. Uh, so I think that like, yeah, <laughs> so it's like, okay, cool. You give me a nonverbal cue, I'll give you one back. And I might want to stay there, or yeah. I might want to raise and go up to you, and then be like, "Hey." Yeah. And then if I see all of a sudden you start to tense up with like my forward energy, or that like yeah. you start to like turn your body to the side, I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I think you raise a little bit, mm. and then you see if they reciprocate, and you see where the drop off point is for them, and then once they hit that point, stay there for a while. Mm. I like what you even said too, like don't give up so easily. Yeah. If I come up to you and I raise the stakes a bit, and you shrink a little bit, okay, I give a little bit more time. Exactly. We'll stay here for a bit. We'll play on this hand for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I'll, maybe I might try again maybe I won't and maybe I'll decide it's time to fold mm. but I don't think that you have to have it all figured out and you're gonna be wrong sometimes I'm wrong sometimes too but yeah. I'm not wrong to the point that I harass somebody sexually yeah yeah, yeah.
2: That's, that's true that's true persistence fellas only works in the movies and television shows right <laughs> it's gotta
1: be mutual reciprocation yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's like that's the thing is healthy intimacy from every standpoint marriage everything is I take a small step forward we feel good here in this space we feel it out we like check in now. Either we walk forward, or we walk back, or we stay here for a while. I'm mm. never taking twelve steps ahead, like yeah. you said, then looking back. Or I'm never just assuming that, like, let's let's go outside and talk before we've even again had some type of a mutual understanding that we even want to talk at all.
2: Mm. No, I love it.
0: I'm curious that move you use. I'm curious, of why do you use that move? Which one?
2: I I honestly am just speculating. I don't think you use that move often
1: no I wouldn't use it often yeah yeah it wouldn't be like a Tuesday it's not a go to move it's not a go to move okay well, excuse the hell <laughs> my go to nonverbal is a wave okay my go to nonverbal like I was at a restaurant yesterday and this dude like I like I, I flirt all the time and so this dude like, walked by and like he worked there and I looked at him he looked at me and then he waved and I waved and then I was leaving and I was like thank you so much it's great to see you thank you come again you know so wave okay. is probably my usually go to nonverbal cue
0: yeah
2: what's your go to
0: Mine? Yeah. Uh, I, I, look, I, I stay into the eyes seductively. I wait. doubt you
2: do. Ooh. <laughs> That's hard. That's hard. I've been, I've been That's hard. You know what it is,
1: though? Because I said that like, I think sustaining eye contact when you know it's intentional. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the, the, the king eye contact is? The triangle. So, I, it's a look in the eyes, mm-hmm. down at the body, and then back up.
2: Yes. <laughs> on,
0: that well, That's oh, hard. Oh, that's hard. In my former life, I was super head-ass. You understand? I know what I can do. I know what I did no, it but I, 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 know, get, I, I know what you're talking about. I know the move. Yeah, but I, a good
2: I'm just saying, like, it's one thing to know it, but to do it. <laughs> yes.
0: What What is it? Yes. <laughs> I think it's
1: easier to walk up to somebody and approach or ask an opinion-based question mm-hmm. than it is to, like really like hit him with some like eye contact. Yeah, I that's hard. Eye
2: contact is like I'm okay. I I like it though.
0: That's me. But anyways. Yeah.
2: Mine. mine is the wave too. But honestly I'm very I'm very I'm at the point now where I don't even The wave. I ain't seen you wave. You wave? Yeah, but I said I'm at the point now where I don't even I, I honestly don't use it. I don't use any, any indicator. I just go. You just pull up. Yeah. Yeah. But but like I said, it's like I understand the dynamic of how to how to talk, right? So, like, if I go up to a girl, I'm never like this, you know. I'm never leaning in like this. I'm, like I said, I'm leaning back. I'm giving her, her own personal space. I'm letting her choose if she wants to continue to talk to me or not. Of course. On her point, and I'm curious to your answer. And I'm curious to your answer.
0: Okay.
2: When, like, you talked about like consent with kissing, there's a lot of debates about that going on today. Oh, I'm shooting.
0: I'm pulling in. <laughs> That's about your ass, right?
2: So are you like what is your what is your first going, kiss move? I'm
0: not going ninety ten, I hitch.
2: Like, like
0: yeah. I I feel it out and I go for it and I get rejected or don't get rejected.
2: Okay. Yeah. are you an initiator? Are you are you passive? What is your thing?
1: I probably do like the mutual I would I feel it out. I mean, I think something is too like things seem complicated. Like the language of consent is nuanced. It seems complicated. And I explain to people, try to explain to somebody smiling. Like, when is it appropriate to smile? When to not smile? Smiling big, smiling too long. And it's like, fuck, why about even smile? Smiling's yeah, yeah, too hard. Yeah. It's like, no, but over a sustained time of doing it, like the mushrooms, you learn to understand the language of it, you become a master of it, and you pick up the social cues that go along with it. So I think that consent, unless you're really good at it and you've been studying it. Like if you, like for example, you, I would trust you because you watch for body language. If I come into your space and I'm talking to you and you're staying lean back and you're giving me the side of your shoulder, I'm not going to stay there a long period of time. That's about the side of the shoulder. Yeah, so I would say like that's, you have to be really good to be the full speed ahead person. Otherwise, I don't think I'm that good. I actually got called out before um, because when I see people who support me, I talk about sex and, you know, so yeah. I, and my brand is flirty. So I'll see you and take a flirty photo with you and like tongue out and booty out. And yeah. I'm like lifting up your leg. And oh, wow. this doctor was like, who's also with me on this, like we we're speaking on a panel. She's like, I notice a lot of people aren't comfortable with the kind of photos you want to take. And she's like, I don't ever see you ask anybody. Mm. And that's when I recognize that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm out here me too on people. You know? <laughs> so I have to start paying yeah. attention to more because I'm assuming if you approach me, that means that you want the shambudi experience or interaction. I'm not paying attention to the small social cues. And so yeah. I just take a step back now and start to, one, ask or to really, really pay attention before I just dive in.
2: Yeah. No, that's no, I like I like that point. I think I think like I said those because cause you pointed out the second thing in your three wishes was emotional intelligence and like literally, am I correct?
1: I said uh, intelligence in general, but emotional intelligence. I would say emotional stability is very important to me. Oh yeah, because I dated somebody with a temper. I don't want to be fucking guessing your mood.
2: Yeah, not no. my
1: not my game. Yeah. Like your reaction better make sense to the stimulus. Yeah, I don't want to be dating somebody who's just like don't know what you're going to get yeah. you know I ain't worried.
2: yeah <laughs> um so i i think like you said it, so much so much of this to me goes back to um matthew Hussey once said he he was, he was there was a panel of women and he was like if you knew that you would never get married like no matter what you did you never get married and you would never have a relationship ever again how would your life be different today and his point girl said a myriad of things but his point was like it shouldn't you just still go out and meet you should still go out and date you should still go out and live you should still go out and learn and you should still go out and love right and and i think so much of life is lost in the dating game instead of the being a human game and meeting and Mm -hmm. learning and connecting and building and it's like i remember we were on live yesterday and this one girl was like What's she saying? I want a boyfriend. I want a man. what she saying? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking for a boyfriend. So sign my DMs.
2: Yeah. Like and it's just like, why don't you just meet new people? Like, yeah. why don't you just make new friends? Why don't you say, I'm looking for new friends? I'm male and female. Like, and so to me, it's like, I feel like the more we can get back to, like, connecting and building interacting and just learning other human beings like it will help us so much in the long term of life but i think like i said so many people are lost in the dating game which is why like i said i think your book is super dope it's so helpful provides a lot of tangible tools and um it really helps people not only find if they're looking to find the right person but more so to be the right person for their own happiness regardless of what the other people respond to you
1: shit Put that on Amazon. (laughs) Put
2: that on Amazon. Put that on
1: Amazon. That was beautiful. Thank you, Afiz. Thank you so much. I appreciate that.
2: So anything you'd like to share with our audience in closing?
1: No, I mean, I think you get one wish in life when people are listening to something, and so my one wish is check out the book. Uh, If you want a free thing, you can go to thegameofdesire.com slash workbook. That's where you get, we talk a lot about the beginning work, so let's... uh takes about two hours, but it's all my favorite self assessments. i
2: oh, I heard that. I, I heard that. <laughs> it takes about two
1: hours. It's <laughs> really good for you. So that's a, a free entry point slash workbook. But if you are ready to commit and make this thing official, the book is available everywhere books are sold.
2: I love it. I love, love it. it. Where can people find you at? If they want to You get one wish.
1: They ain't going to do both. So don't worry about finding me. Find a book. Oh, There so you
2: go. She's not even given to no, social media. It's me Shan guys. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, not I stupid. love it. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Shane, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Guys, make sure you get the book, The Game of Desire. It is an exceptional read. Um, my name is Hafiz. Chris, baby. And adios. Adios. <laughs>